Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Allie Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How you doing, Robert? Allie, doing fantastic. Welcome to 2023. Uh, can't wait to see exactly uh, how we break down week 17 that was, and obviously, uh, you know, the big Monday night game tonight. Yeah, we have a lot, a lot to talk about. I wish everyone a happy new year as well. I think New Year's Day last year, if you had told me the New York Giants would be in the playoffs, I would be ecstatic, A, but B, think you were crazy, but they are in the playoffs. We'll get to that in a second. But first, Robert, let's recap the weekend. What were we looking at with the betting trends? Favorites versus underdogs, overs versus unders. What do we got? Uh, Favorites, 10 and 4 straight up on Sunday. Uh, But probably as the trend, you could probably figure out Mm -hmm. dogs. Went eight and six against the spread with four dogs covering in losses. The Broncos, Raiders, Cardinals, and Dolphins. Home teams went nine and five straight up, seven and seven against the spread. And unders uh, led the total battle, seven, six, and one push with the push in the Chargers 31 10 home win versus the Rams. That's the total of 41 points there. On the season, Allie, uh, favorites still lead 163 86 and two pushes straight up. Uh, but the dogs covering 133 to 111 and seven pushes against the spread. Uh, home teams 137, 110, and two straight up. Uh, and then let's take a look here against the spread. They are 123, 120, and six pushes. Here's where the, the really big one is moving the unders, right? The totals 140, 112, and three pushes, and then. Prime time unders improving to 33, 19, and 1. Uh, that's almost 64% to the under. That's crazy. And everyone knows on this podcast, Robert and I stress, the underdogs are always the way to go. You start out the game with points. What can you ask for more? I've always been a big underdog better. My picks this week, uh, including Thursday night and yesterday, I'm 9-6 and six heading into Monday night. I did have a few losses yesterday. It wasn't my best week, but still a winning week. And we'll get into the Monday night game as well. But don't want to waste any more time because Robert and I will be ecstatic to say that the New York Giants are in the playoffs. And <laughs> Robert, I re- I was sitting at the bar yesterday. Obviously, I'm in New Jersey for the holidays. So a ton of Giants fans. You know, there were some miserable Jet fans, but mostly Giants fans in the bar. And I remember saying to one of the fans next to me, I think this is the only Giants game all year. And in a few years that I could just sit back and relax and not worry about us either blowing a lead or having to come from behind. It was almost like, can every game be played like this? (laughs) What did you think? It was, I I just really, really, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm at a loss for words, actually. I'm just (laughs) really happy that they, that they've reached themselves to a point where we could say, you know, doesn't, matter with all the injuries every team has to deal with injuries all right we have we have a quarterback alley we do we have a captain we have we have someone that we know we could rely on week in and week out and you know i look look it's the colts right and and they they are really really poor but the the steps that you needed to take the the yards per play uh how well they performed on third the rushing yards all of it was was really, really just super, super efficient. Uh, and I mean, look, 
you know, 38 points is 38 points, no matter who you put it up against. Right. Right. Yeah. And if people listen to the podcast and even just friends of mine that know, I've always been soft for Daniel Jones. I've always liked him more than most Giants fans has. Yes, I did freak out when we drafted him six overall. I don't think there was any Giants fans that didn't because I thought he would still be available later on. But ever since he came to the league, I've really admired his work ethic. He reminds me a lot of Eli Manning, except he can run. Eli really wasn't mobile at all. I've, I said at the beginning of the season, I'm willing to give Daniel Jones all the chances in the world. I feel like he's never played with a good offensive line, never played with receivers that would be starting on any other team in this league. You look, he finally got the coaching staff set. And he just I have to give Kafka so much credit, Robert, because they have really designed the offense to fit Daniel Jones's strength. And every week you can see them getting more and more confident in Jones because I mentioned it last week against the Vikings. They were allowing him to throw downfield. It wasn't just these three, four yard drop-offs that were were reminiscent of the Jason Garrett days, even the even the Pat Shermer days. Like this, this they were letting him launch, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield, and he can make those throws, and he's a threat to run. I think, Robert, you heard it yesterday. You heard at the stadium. Everyone was chanting Daniel Jones's name. I think there is no question, no matter what happens in the playoffs this year, he's going to be our quarterback next year. Do you think that? I do. He's he's going to be our quarterback next year and beyond. I mean, look, there's, there was so much improvement from last year to this uh, that you're, you're seeing exactly what he, he was capable of. And, and I don't know even if you looked at him in his in his – senior year um in college that you saw this kind of talent but he's blossomed like really really well I, i'm not going to put him you know and, and and do a ranking game right now but i'm now look you you mentioned you know not many people were happy when they drafted daniel jones no i was not happy at all and as a matter of fact if you would have drafted daniel jones Later in the draft, I would not have been happy. <laughs> but, um, that's just my Duke bias. I, I can't help myself there. But look, he's here now, and he's abs- absolutely, you know, he's he's a captain. He's a captain. Um, he's absolutely secured his future, Allie. And give him more credit because New York is not the nicest to its athletes. There's a lot of pressure to perform and there's a lot of pressure pressure to perform well almost instantly. You've seen over the years people that just can't handle the New York spotlight. You're always in the media. Look at the other New York team. It looks like they still can't find a quarterback. Zach Wilson crumbled in the spotlight. Sam Darnold crumbled in the spotlights. Mark Sanchez a few years ago. Give Daniel Jones credit for literally for three and a half years. He just had a here heaps and heaps of criticism. Every time I believe he took that field, he was ready for booze to rain on him. And now they were chanting his name. I mean, if there was a, a guy that has a better attitude in this game, who's actually the opposite of Zach Wilson, it's Daniel Jones. What do you think? You're absolutely right. That's a great, great analogy. And uh, I, I probably would think that, look, the Jets, man, I just – it's like, from my perspective, it's like our, you know, our kid brother, and they just, he just keeps getting sand kicked in his face. I, I'm not quite sure, like, what in the world we're going to have to do with the Jets to make them actually perform. They, they've got so many great pieces; they're just missing that quarterback, which just so happens to be the most important position probably in all of sports. Yeah, and it's like conversely, the Giants. 
now have that quarterback. They're just missing some other pieces. I mean, if you gave Daniel Jones, Garrett Wilson Jr., Elijah Moore, I can only imagine what he would have been able to do this year instead of you have Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, who's actually blossoming into a very good receiver as well. But I think that no matter what happens in the playoffs, you got to get him some good receivers next year. You got to up the defense. They need some help in the linebacking core. It was also nice to see Landon Collins get that pick six. I know Robert the bar I was in. Everyone erupted when he got the ball. Collins really was a fan favorite when he was here. It's glad to see him back on the team. So before we do move on to the next games, because Robert and I could talk about the Giants all day. Let me ask you this, Robert. We're gonna we're the number six seed. That that's not gonna change. We're not gonna get the fifth. We're not gonna get the seventh. Right now, we have a shot of facing most likely either the Vikings or the 49ers in the wild card round. Which matchup as a Giants fan? We'll we'll do as a fan as a moment. Which matchup do you want to see in the first round? Well, I I'll I'll preemptively say I'm just happy to be there. Yeah. Can I do that? Um <laughs> uh, I want no part of the 49ers. I want no part of them. Um, They are absolutely out for blood with a chance, a chance at the number one seed still. Um, And I I don't think that they're going to be laying off of the pedal, you know, irregardless of the result from yesterday against uh, the team in Southern Nevada. So I'll, I'll probably say, you know, give me, give me all of the Minnesota Vikings we can get. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we should have beat them on Christmas Eve. I think in another game, we will beat them. This this just reminds me, and we talked about it last week, this reminds me so much of that 07 team that defeated the Patriots, that lost to the undefeated Patriots. Right. We got into the playoffs and we just mad, it was just a magical run, you know, playing against Brett Favre and the Packers in that negative degree weather. And Eli Manning was just fantastic. Who would have thought we could have won that game? We were double-digit underdogs to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We won that. It just seems like this team, and I'm not being biased from this perspective, but I haven't seen this team. It's a team of underdogs, and they have just so much confidence, Robert. Are you seeing this too? I do. Uh, Look, they're playing with a heavy, heavy load of house money right now, in my opinion. Uh, and, And right now, again, Anything that they can do in the playoffs is going to be a massive bonus, to be honest. Uh, but build, right? Build from here. Don't embarrass yourself. You know, put in that great, great effort that they have been doing week in and week out. Just see how far it could take you. I agree. All right. Well, let's move on to the Dolphins and the Patriots. There was a lot of Dolphin fans at the bar that I was at yesterday, too, randomly. A lot of them just had their hearts crushed. Dolphins really just had a win yesterday and playoff hopes were looking good. Now they got to win this week. They need a few other things to happen, I believe. But Robert, let's talk about the Dolphins because this has been one of the most streaky, probably the most streaky team all season. They started out a little slow. They went and just defeated everyone that came up to them. And now they haven't won since I, when was the last time they won at the beginning of November? I mean, is this not the flukiest team in the league? What do you think? I don't understand this team at all, to be honest, Allie. I mean, they, they started the year off winning three in a row. Then they lost three in a row. And they won five in a row. And now they've lost five in a row. I mean, all roads lead to eight and eight. But basically, I, that's the Dolphins every year. Uh, look, New England did get the win, right? The third down battle was tough. You know, they did manage to to pull two turnovers off of 
uh, off of the Dolphins. I mean, they did pick up 339 yards of offense, but that's not what the Dolphins' offense looked like in the early, you know, first three, four, five weeks. Um, you know, I, I don't really want to hear anything about, you know, the quarterback who everyone knew that was going to be Bridgewater. Uh, you know, then Thompson comes in. So it's just this is not not going the way the Dolphins expected at all. And, and, and now they are absolutely in danger of not making the playoffs, Sally. And I wasn't a believe I was not a believer at them before the season. I projected they would go under their win total on the season. Vegas had them at nine over under. I took the under. And Robert, I think there is a very good chance that, that could stay under. They are playing the Jets next weekend. The Jets are eliminated. They don't have anything to play for. But we've seen teams that need a win in the past just totally collapse the final week. How confident are you that they could beat the Jets next week and make the playoffs? The Miami Dolphins? No, yeah. Not at all. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. They're, they're, they're completely going in a full-on tailspin. And, and there's really not much hope right now for them because, I mean, look, they, they had every opportunity to put together what they needed to beat New England. Uh, the Patriots did. I mean, they were extremely sound versus the run. And the Dolphins got nothing going, you know, on the ground at all. So how is this going to be any different against the Jets, who I feel are even better defensively Uh, in in a game that the Jets probably should be playing for a playoff game? uh, You know, and and unfortunately, they blew it themselves. Uh, I I think the both of them just go down in complete flames. I think the Jets knocked the Dolphins out of the playoffs here. I do too. And I was pretty spot on. I'm looking at my predictions. I predicted the over for the Buffalo Bills win totals. It was 11.5. They got over. Dolphins, I said, would go under their nine win totals. And Patriots are sitting right there. It was 8.5. And I said the Patriots would go over their win total. So if the Patriots beat the Bills next week, I will be four for four in that division because I also said the Jets would go over their 5.5 win total. (laughs) So, but yeah, real quick, let's talk about the Patriots because. They were doubted for weeks. They've had two really rough weeks against the Bengals. Obviously, Mac Jones was known for tripping Eli Apple, little Grayson Allen in him. And then the week before that, obviously, <laughs> the worst backwards lateral of all time blew, had them blow their game against the Raiders. And now they find themselves in the seventh seed. So they are they do still have a bit of a ways to go because they have to play the Bills this week. Do you think that the Bills are going to rest their starters? The Bills still are playing for seeding, but do you think that the Bills will rest their starters? No, they're probably not going to catch the Chiefs. What what realistic chance do you think the Patriots have of making the playoffs? Great point. I, I don't think that they play with that kind of mindset. This Monday night game, of course, the, the Bills are at Cincinnati tonight. Uh, and we've, we've, we've hung the game as low as we can. But, Ali, I just keep getting... For, for every bet I get on the Bengals today, uh, I'm getting three on the Bills. So it, it's up to two and a half already. Buffalo favored on the road. I just think that, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, look, New England, like you said, they're seventh right now. Um, you know, they got the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh based on head-to-head. Um they're 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 looking at a spot right now, right? And that's the basically what they need is to win out and then get help. But Ali, I, I think too much needs to happen for New England to sneak in. 
but really, who does? I suppose we could take a look at it later in our show, uh, you know, for, for that last spot, because we've got New England, Miami, and Pittsburgh all eight and eight. Uh, it's just way, way too tough to call for. I mean, I don't think that New England's, I mean, if they get it, they're going to get in really, really busted and broken. All, all of their gears and all of their washers probably popping off at the same time. Not exactly the way you want to enter the playoffs, uh, but look, someone's got to get in for that seventh spot. Yeah, I think that if the Bills win tonight, that doesn't bode well for the Patriots because right. the Bills will have the same record as the Chiefs. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Bills would have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so if the Bills and the Chiefs are both 13 and 3, the Bills are going to be gunning for that number one spot and they're going to bring it against the Patriots, and that does not bode well. If the Bengals beat the Bills tonight, the Bills are pretty much settled where they are. They're not going to catch the Chiefs because the Chiefs aren't going to lose the last week. So I think if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm rooting hard for the Bengals to win because I don't want Buffalo to bring it at their all. Because I don't think – I think if Buffalo has their full team playing against the Patriots next week, Patriots are out of the playoffs. Yeah, all right. exactly right. Yeah, let's move on to the team that is – the the dunce of New York today, and that's the Jets. They needed a win yesterday. They had every they had everything else go right that they needed to do. The Dolphins lost that kept the Jets' hopes alive. But Robert, I was very confident in the Jets yesterday. I thought they would win. I thought they would win easily. And boy, was I way off. I don't even know what that showing was. Can you explain it to me? Yeah, yeah. Classic false favorite here. Uh game open pick. Very first click out of the box had the Jets go to one, then to one and a half. I mean, look, Seattle held the Jets to under 300 yards of offense, only picking up 4.2 yards per play. 75 rushing yards is all the Jets could pull off. Meanwhile, the Seahawks almost got 200, 198 yards. Um, Look, ultimately, you know, the, the Jets had, you know, two fourth down failures just straight up. False favorite. Everyone moved in on the Jets to, you know, to do what they needed to to pick up this spot. And meanwhile, it was Seattle at home really just roasting everything. If you would have told me before the game, Geno Smith's going to have only 183 passing yards. That's it, right. Tyler Lockett's only going to have two catches for 15 yards. And DK Metcalf's only going to have one catch for three yards. I'd be like, wow, how bad did the Seahawks lose that game? But instead, it it would uh, from the first drive when Kenneth Walker ripped off that 60 yard run, I was like, the Jets didn't show up today. I I just knew it. I knew my bet was going downhill. I knew my pick was going downhill. And it was just it was mind boggling more for me, the Jets offensive plan, because Mike White was clearly struggling. He didn't look like he was ready to be on the field. He looked like he was uncomfortable. But they did nothing in the run game. They only ran the ball 17 times, Robert. And the Seattle Seahawks have the 31st worst rush defense. Is this a case where Mike LaFleur, their offensive coordinator, isn't going to have a job come next week? (laughs) That's actually a really great point. It's look, There's so much that needed to go right for the Jets to pick this win up. And and just you could tell from the first couple of drives that this wasn't this wasn't going to be their day. And I, Allie, my God, how important is a quarterback right now in the NFL? Yep. How important is it? What, one thing that really shocked me, Robert, is 
since the beginning of the season, they never went back to Flacco. Flacco didn't do a, t- a terrible job at the beginning of the season. In fact, he kind of kept them afloat. I mean, were you kind of puzzled they didn't put Flacco in and they kept going with Mike White? Because we talked about it last week on the podcast. Mike White really only had that one good game against the Bears who were playing their backup quarterback. And the, we all know the Bears defense is terrible. And then he struggled since then. What do you think? Did Robert Sala just not make the right choice in sticking with Mike White? No, he didn't. Look, I, I maybe from the perspective, if you're saying, look, we don't want anything to do with Flacco because he's not the future. Well, that's all fine and good if you don't want him to perform at all for this year then just cut him. You know, let someone else take him and start him. If, if you're just having him there as, I don't know, a veteran presence, you're you're wasting his time. You're wasting uh, the, the franchise's money. Have him play. I, I think he would probably have done no worse than what Mike White's done. No, no. He he won in his three starts this year. He won one game. He lost two. But Robert, those losses were against the Bengals and the Ravens. And if you look at his stats in that game, he didn't have bad starts. Yeah, he struggled against the Bengals, but still, that was two before that he had some of his reinforcements and everything. Right. I think Robert Sala really did himself a disservice by not putting in Flacco. Flacco knows how to win in those situations. And going against a team like the Seahawks isn't the same thing as going against the Bengals or the Ravens. I really was shocked that they didn't pull Mike White even at halftime when he wasn't doing anything. At least give Flacco a chance and just bring in that veteran leadership and calm it down. I really think, and Robert Sala, by no means is he going to get fired, but I think that he didn't inspire a lot of confidence in the Jets fan base yesterday. Did you? Nope, not at all. Uh, I mean, look, it's fine to, you know, run run the table. But look, th- this franchise after the first five, six weeks, they definitely have playoff aspirations. No matter what everyone said, look, you're probably not going to be ready this year. And obviously, once you realize that Wilson just wasn't going to make it, you still had the pieces in place to make a playoff run. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, Hallie, make a great point here. You got it. You got it. You had to have gone with Flacco down the stretch. It's almost like, and a lot of people were saying before Thursday night's game with the Titans and the Cowboys, when the Titans got Joshua Dobbs from the practice squad, I think of the Lions, everyone was like, who's Joshua Dobbs? Why are they starting him? And the kid didn't play bad. I think I give Vrabel a lot of credit saying I'm not going to win against the Jaguars with Malik Willis. I need to see what else is out there that is going to give me my best chance to win. I don't think Salah did that. And I think that's the difference between a great coach and just a young, inexperienced, mediocre coach. What do you think? You nailed it again. This is exactly what I thought should have happened. And it's just, look, I'm sure that they had a game plan and whether it was going to be something that they're just – just completely stubborn ass and realizing that maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not going to go show the public. Not even sure what's happening inside the locker room right now. Now let's go on the Seahawks side. The Seahawks, they won yesterday. So to make the playoffs again, and as the number seven seed, they need the Packers to lose next week and they need a win. I have no doubt that the Seahawks will beat the Cardinals who are probably going to be firing Cliff Kingsbury after the game. But the Packers and the Lions, it's an interesting one. I think that the Packers are, I always said it last week, I think the Packers are going to win. I think they're going to go to the, they're going to get the last seed in the wild card. Do you think Seattle has any hope or do you think that this is where their season comes to an end? 
Ah, uh, yeah, no, look, I, they're going to be six and a half point favorites. That's what I installed them as just a moment ago, hosting the Rams. So they'll get their win there. Uh, and they need help, right? They need help. <laughs> uh, they've got the tie break over Detroit based on head-to-head win percentage. Then the division tie break was initially used to eliminate Green Bay. Uh, so I think it's going to – it's obviously, look – the Detroit Green Bay game is going to be gigantic. Uh, Green Bay right now four and a half point favorite hosting Detroit. So th- there's right there that that's your implication, and you you nailed it right exactly with what the pairing is supposed to be. Uh, Seattle Green Bay is going to both be favorites, uh, and now it's just a matter of seeing if both of them pick up their wins and make it into the playoffs. And I believe they'll both be playing at the same time because if if the Seahawks do win and the and the Packers and Lions have yet to play, there's a good chance that the Lions know they are out. They will fall flat. But unfortunately, the Lions, it just goes back to that game where they lost, I think, 48 to 45. They could have been sitting in the driver's seat. But unfortunately, every game counts and they dropped that one. All right, well, let's move on to the final game. We were just talking about the Packers, and they played the Vikings yesterday and just completely annihilated them. Robert and I had a little bit of a disagreement last week. I'd like the Packers to win and cover easily. Robert was siding with the Vikings and the points. Robert, this Vikings team has not looked good. In It, it, it did not look good yesterday. They did not look good against the Giants, even though they beat us last week. Is this a bad sign for Cousins for the playoffs? Because already... Right after the game, I was just reading article after article, slamming how bad Kirk Cousins played. You take away Justin Jefferson like Jari Alexander did. Kirk Cousins just looked lost. Is this, does this bode very poorly for the Vikings' playoff chances? What do you think? I, I don't – look, I was – this was the one game where I said, you know, if there's going to be a dog that's the livest you could find, it was Minnesota. I was loud wrong on this game. <laughs> And look, look, Green Bay has a three-point favorite. Man, did they take care of business. Uh, 41 points on Minnesota. Outrushed them 163 to 102. Four turnovers for the Vikings. Uh, look, they 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 won the yards 346 to 315 over the Packers in, in yards per play. But it really doesn't matter. Green Bay obviously... Helped by the kickoff return touchdown, and then obviously that that interception return for a touchdown. I mean, that just built such a big lead, and then the Vikings, you know, they they just floundered. They 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 couldn't come back from that kind of a beatdown. Uh, so it's just look when when you're down forty one three, you just want to go home. You don't want to have anything to do with it. You just want to leave. And just come look at week 18 and then just move on to the playoffs. One and done could very well be, Ellie. Yep, and if it's against our Giants, I hope. Let's focus on Green Bay real quick before we move on to our next segment. Both you and I like Green Bay to win against the Lions this week. What's the spread looking like right now? So Green Bay, and again, all these times are still to be determined, obviously with playoff implications. So I see the Green Bay Packers pretty much solid everywhere. Four and a half point favorites hosting the Lions Alley. Do you give the Lions any chance next week? Yeah, I do. I do. My 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 first step is to say plus four and a half from a better's perspective. Right. Um, and I 
probably think that this game will lean closing towards the Lions. Uh, now, that doesn't mean they're going to win, uh, but I, I guess the Lions, they've just been on a roller coaster all year long, and I, I thought that they would have been better last uh, just yesterday, I, they weren't. And so, look, four and a half right now, and it's it's just super, super fresh out of the stove. Uh, yeah, they do have a chance. I still think that the Packers end up picking up this win here at home. Red, yeah. red hot. I totally agree. I like the lines with the points, so I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's probably going to be the best game of the weekend. Maybe the Titans and the Jaguars will be up there too because there's playoff implications, but this is going to be a very fun one to watch. I do like the Lions. You know me. I've been in Lions. I've been on the Lions all year. I've loved them, but I think, unfortunately, their season comes to an end. But who knows? Stranger things have happened in the league. All right, well, those are the games I wanted to recap this week. All those had big playoff implications. Robert and I will talk about spreads later this week. But our next segment, obviously, it was just New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. So everyone tries to do a New Year's resolution, which I'm sure everyone has already broken their resolution two days in. That's usually what happens. So this next segment about New Year's resolutions is I'm going to take the four teams that have already clinched wildcard spots, Robert, right? And I want yes. you to tell me what each team's, each wildcard's team's New Year's resolution is going to be going into playoffs. What do they need to improve upon to at least win a game? Are you ready? Yes. All right. And let's start with our team. The New York Giants, Robert, what is their New Year's resolution? So if they're looking at... Moving in and succeeding in this year, and obviously the, this coming playoff season ahead. Uh, look, build off of what you just did on the first day of the year. Uh, spread the ball out. Make sure everyone gets equal targets. Keep the defense guessing uh, and be as relentless on defense as I've seen them against the Colts. Boy, what a great way to start off the new year. Yeah, I agree with you. Take whatever you did yesterday and just apply it every game going forward. It was one of the most complete wins I've seen of them in years. Even with um even with the even though it's the Colts, even though the Colts are terrible, it's still they came out, they won, and I couldn't be more happy for them. All right, the next team, Robert, the Dallas Cowboys. What is their New Year's resolution entering playoffs? Oof. Yeah. Okay. I got this. Is this is a good one for them? Get to the NFC Championship already. <laughs> Look, get your your playoff contenders for pretty much every year. You're much like I mentioned with the Dolphins. Somehow your your road always ends up at five hundred. Not so much the case this year. Uh, it, it's been a very successful year despite key injuries across both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, but now, uh, your 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 aspirations are to win a championship. Uh, at twelve and four, I probably think that if you don't make it to the NFC Championship game, this is a failed season. So that's your resolution: play the same system that you have. Look, continue to get Zeke Elliott as much carries as his body can still take him. Uh, and that's probably going to be just enough to make it at least one win in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I'd say the resolution is don't run the ball on third down with no timeouts remaining when you're in the playoffs this year. <laughs> yes. Great. All right. Next team, Robert, the Baltimore Ravens. What is their New Year's resolution entering playoffs? Man, just look, I know everyone's raising pitchforks and then all the tortures are being lit, you know, asking where's Lamar Jackson, but you got to stop relying on Lamar Jackson. And it's, I, I know this is all that everyone's saying about why, you know, Baltimore's failing, but you need to do more than just say, this is the man that's going to be our savior every year, all the time. Heck, he might not even be on the Ravens next year. So let's start with that. Stop relying on him, build more, find where there's other talent and get them the ball. Uh, you need to start picking up wins in spite of not having Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I would actually say their New Year's resolution is they need to get a better backup quarterback. No offense to Tyler Huntley, but he just can't score with the team, Robert. He, yeah. he just doesn't seem to have connection with the receivers. I know a lot of them are banged up, but you still have Mark Andrews. I think that if you had a capable backup that could step right in, could, that could win when your guy's out, you would be much better. So I think that this is probably going to be the last year Tyler Huntley is backing up Lamar Jackson, but you need a better backup quarterback going forward. All right, last team, Robert, for their New Year's resolution is the L.A. Chargers. What is their resolution? My God, Allie, the, the vibes around the Chargers are just so positive right now. I mean – it's Mike Williams is coming to form, you know, from, from he's, he's reached almost as, as peak a level athletically as I've ever seen him. Uh, <laughs> they've got a dicker, the kicker. I mean, Eckler's just been the game that they played yesterday was just lights out, but their form right now is as, as high as I could ever imagine any team going. And it's, so strange because there was a good long period in the middle of the season. We're just like, okay, this is just a cursed franchise. Once again, it's just not going to be, not going to be the chargers year. So my resolution to them is keep riding the karma train. Uh, injuries be damned. They're, they're really, really coming into form. Uh, you know, and, and look with them ending the season in Denver, uh, you know, we opened them up three and all I'm beginning is just ticket after ticket on the Chargers right now. So that number is probably going to climb. We'll reach that, you know, later in the week. But uh, their their resolution is stay healthy now and, and keep doing exactly what they've been doing. Don't change that playbook one iota. Yeah, I would say just avoid the injury bug. You, you, you can't afford to lose any more guys, Mike Williams being back and Keenan Allen has really jump-started that offense to go to complement Austin Eckler's running game. So just avoid the injury bug in week 18. All right. Well, that was our New Year's resolution segment. And now we're back to the ever popular buy or sell segment to end the show. You ready for this one, Robert? Allie, if there was ever a place where we got to ask Mark and marketing for some imaging, this is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite of the entire I love it. We're going to get there too. Give, give me some buy or sell. Yes. All right. Buy or sell. The Packers will win a playoff game. Oh man. So, all right. We're saying that they, they win week 18 and, and they're in, obviously that's exactly what it is. And where's the Packers defense been all year? Where's this defense been all year? 
That's what I really, really wanted to know. Ah, win a game. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. I am selling. They are not going to win a playoff game. Ooh, well, I'm looking at the um. If if the players were to start today, they would have to play the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think they would beat the 49ers. I know it would be a rematch of last year's NFC division game where they lost in Green Bay. I it just seems like the Niners have their number once it comes to the postseason. If something happens that they play the Vikings, I do think that they would beat the Vikings again. It seems like Jari Alexander just has. Justin Jefferson's number now. I think that if they play the Vikings, they will win. But if they play the 49ers, they will lose. So right now I'm just holding my stock to see who their opponent is. Sure. All right. Next one, Robert, buy or sell. Jarrett Stidham will start week one for the Raiders in 2023. Oh, I'm just looking at the standings right now. And the Raiders, look, yeah, obviously they've they've got a failed year, but their point differential is just minus five. So they're in so many close games. And unlike the Vikings, who are 12 and four, their point differential is minus 19. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Just the way the just the ball. This is the, the magic of the oblong ball. Uh Stidham. I think Allie that the starting quarterback is not on the Raiders roster. So I'm going to sell. Yeah, I agree. I think Josh McDaniels has either Brady or Garoppolo in mind. I think Stidham is a nice backup quarterback. I don't see him as a starter. But who knows if the Raiders do miss out on one of those two guys, there's a chance he starts. But right now, I'm going to sell that one as well. All right, Robert, next one, buy or sell. Jimmy Garoppolo will start week one for the Commanders in 2023. Oof. Ah. No, it's not Wentz. We know it's not Heineke. Uh, Brady? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Geno Smith? Lamar Jackson? Uh, no, sell. So I'm going to sell. Uh, lots of great options. I don't think Garoppolo picks Washington in 2023. I agree. I don't. I just don't think he fits Ron Rivera's system. I think that he would be more enticed to go with play with Josh McDaniels, maybe even return to New England and play under Belichick. I just think that the commanders are just – there's more that has to be fixed with that team than just the quarterback situation. Though I will say, it's funny, Robert. I got into the bar yesterday, and the Browns were one of my best picks yesterday. I said I said to people, take Browns money line. They're going to beat the commanders. So many people – and I was surprised because a lot were Giants fans. were like, no, commanders got this game. We're going to bet commanders, you know, cover the one-and-a-half spread or whatever. And I said, I was like, Carson Wentz is going to throw three interceptions this game. How many interceptions did he throw that game? Three interceptions. I have, I, I should have put a, a pick on that one, but I have no clue why they resorted to starting Carson Wentz. I think that he's such a polarizing figure. He did not put them in any situation where they could have won yesterday. Again, it was similar to Indy when his time with Indy last year. He needed to win a game. He couldn't do it. And now the commanders are out. I don't see Carson Wentz starting for any team next year. Do you? I do not. Nope, I do not. All right, let's move on to the next one. Buy or sell, Robert. The Steelers will be the seventh seed in the AFC for the playoffs. Man, they have a quarterback. (laughs) They have a quarterback. Kenny Pickett's playing 
like so much faster now than he even did in college. Yeah. Uh, that last drive was just so fun to watch last night late against the Ravens. Uh, seven seed, seven seed. They would need the, right. they would need the Patriots to lose and right. they would need the Dolphins to lose and they would have to win. I have no doubt that they'll beat the Browns this week. This, this one's definitely against, I've, I'm, I'm giving myself like an 8% chance, but heck if, if the value is there and you're telling me I'm going to get a nice little, Nice little bag of coin inside it. I'll buy. Let's do it. <laughs> I will I will sell it. And <laughs> only because I think that the Bills are going to sit their stars because I think they're going to lose to the Bengals tonight. And in that case, they don't have much to play for in week 18. So I think the Patriots could end up beating them. But if the Bills uh, win tonight and they're competing for that number one spot, then I'll be 100% on the Steelers to end up being in the playoffs. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the Jets do beat the Dolphins next week. And that's that's my angle as well. I, I, I think Bills pick up the win, and then obviously it's full steam ahead hosting the Patriots. All right. Last one, Robert. Buy or sell. Sean Payton will be named the Denver Broncos head coach next season. No. He's, if he's coming back, that's a really nice place to go and – and build from again. Uh, yeah, I'll buy. Let's do it. I think that there's going to be plenty of opportunities. Uh, I, I'd like to see some fresh faces, but I think with Sean Payton being away and then we know exactly what he's capable of, uh, I, I'd like to see him get another chance. And I think Denver would be a great spot. So I'll buy. I'll buy that too, because I don't think he wants to come in the league and take on a young quarterback that he has to groom, that he has to figure out. I think he wants to work with an established veteran talent and Russell Wilson fits that. I think Denver looks, he already has the defense behind him in Denver. I think he could work wonders with that offense. I think he could get Russell Wilson back on track, maybe not to the extent how he was with the Seahawks. But I think that if Sean Payton comes back to the league, he's not going to go to Indianapolis. They're just a mess. I don't think he's going to go to the Arizona Cardinals because I don't think he wants to work with a running quarterback like Kyler Murray. So I think Denver is a perfect fit for him there. All right. Well, that is our show for today. I want to thank everyone for joining and wish you all a happy New Year's as well. And before we sign off, Robert, who are you taking tonight? Uh, I do think that the the favorite right now is the right side. And I do think that Buffalo picks up the win on the road in Cincinnati. I'm going to go the other way. I like the Bengals. I've been on the Bengals all year. I think the Bengals win at home, and I like the over in this game. I know a lot of unders have been hitting, but I'm going with the over. I believe it's at 50 right now, so I'm going to be taking that. All right, before we sign off, Robert, any last words for the audience? Allie, I want everyone to just sit on this. Remember where they heard it first. What if Tom Brady and the Buccaneers win the NFC title? Oh my God! Put it in the pocket. I'm, I know it's. I know right now this is insane, but just remember where you heard it here first. I couldn't believe they came back and won that game yesterday. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing, and I had the Panthers with the points, and I thought I was like golden all game, and then they blew it. But I was. Everyone at the bar was saying it too. They're like, "Wow, Tom Brady's not going to go to the playoffs. The Panthers are actually going to go to the playoffs." And then Sam Darnold blows the game, and. Now we're looking at the Buccaneers being a scary team. And, you, you know, they, they as of today, the Buccaneers would pay, would play the Cowboys week one. 
I don't know if I like the Cowboys there, Robert. Do you? Oh, look at the right. So look at this, right? So let's just let's just call this last this this last uh part of our of our episode here. Uh let's call this chaos AD from Rob. Uh Giants are gonna beat the Eagles, right? Just follow me here. This is insane, I know. Cowboys beat Washington and they win the NFC East. Wow. They get the home game. Eagles get bounced in round one. I could just, I'm telling you, I could feel the chaos coming. It'd be like last year. They played the Bucks in round one. Yes. <laughs> it, you know, I, I obviously bias comes into play here too, but I've never been on the Eagles. I thought they had a cakewalk through this year. They really haven't played anyone challenging. You could say the Vikings maybe, but I don't really consider the Vikings to be elite. So I think that the Eagles, especially if Jalen Hurst is 100%, if they have to go against a veteran team like the Buccaneers, that's that's a bad matchup for them. I even think it's a bad matchup for the Eagles. Just about any team in that in any the the Forty Niners are a bad matchup. I think that the probably the Vikings are the only easy matchup for them. I think they could struggle against the Packers again. I I don't know. I'm I'm not an Eagle. I don't think the Eagles will make the Super Bowl. I'll say that much. But. If you if you want to listen to Robert, I'm sure there's re- very good va- Robert. What is the value right now if you wanted to pick the Bucks to win to uh, win the NFC? Right, and so this is this is a number that I've been actually had several people come in and say, "Hey, can I get a price right now?" I'm like, well, yeah, you could have had a price at, you know right when the game was about to begin, uh, but if you were looking just prior to kick, uh, Tampa was sixteen to one just to win the NFC, and then obviously Super Bowl. Uh, you could pretty much double it. Uh, we are anywhere between 30 and 32 to 1. Wow, so great value right there. All right, well, everyone, Robert and I will be back on Wednesday. We'll preview week 18. There's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of crazy spreads. A lot of players are sitting out. If they have playoff implications, probably a lot of teams are just ready to wrap it up and go home and have a nice long offseason. So Robert and I will be previewing this week. All right, take care. Bye.